Thank you, everybody. Turn to a couple of people and tell you, I'm sure glad I'm here because he is. I mean, the he isn't me. The he is God. You understand? <laughs> Glory to God. Well, you know, uh, how, how many of you are already used to 2015? It still seems strange when you write that, uh, I almost said address, when you write that date down, you know. Uh, a remark was made the other day, and, uh, you know, we look at, we're looking at 2015 as that time when you have anti-gravity cars and shoes, and, you know, it, we're in the future, right? Well, that, most of, anybody here over 50, that's your mindset. But people that are between 30 and 35, the younger group, they expected to get here. Right? You understand? That this is a short pe- that's a short period of time for them. So it kind of puts you in a place of, uh, oh, I, it's, it's like a perception. How we see things, everyone sees things differently. Right? I mean, if we didn't, we'd all be cloned and that wouldn't be any fun. Uh, and so here we are. Uh, I almost said back to the future. But uh, in 2015... And we're looking into what does the year hold? You know, what's, what's out in front of us? Um, and I, I'm going to ask you some questions tonight before we get started. And, and I, it's not, I don't need an answer. Uh, it's more or less I just want to stimulate your thinking. Uh, because it's, uh, because we all have that different perception or uh, an idea about what something is, a view, or the outlook, or perspective on, on something. And, and it, you know, you say a, a dog, D-O-G, dog. And it, I don't think, we might come up with the same animal because there's enough of us in here. But somebody's going to see a big black dog. Somebody's going to see a little white fluffy thing because of what you have, right? Or some little shaky thing with pointed ears. And, uh, and, and so when you say certain words, it triggers a picture in our minds, right? And so uh, how the, 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 our five physical senses feed us information. And the mind takes that over and it starts creating pictures. We don't think in words per se. We think and see in pictures. Isn't that wonderful? Some of us have even graduated to color. Some of us are still in black and white. That's okay. And, uh, and so uh, those, the information you've received, whether it be good, bad, or ugly, has painted a picture on the canvas of your heart. And so tonight, I, I, I want to look at... Um, uh, well, let me ask you the questions, and then I'll come back to this. I, I, I do have an order in my notes, but he, I, I trust the anointing that he'll lead me and guide me to say the right thing at the right time. Uh, not to hold your attention, but that's part of it. The other thing is, he has something for you tonight. Yes, you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he has something for you tonight. He has something for you yes, he does. Thank you. Amen. And he isn't me. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory, the one that's living on the inside of you. He's got something for you tonight. And if you believe that, you're going to get it. 
I said, if you believe that, you're going to get it. And I don't know about you, but I'll take all I can get. Because I need it. Amen. Uh, I've shared this with you before, I'm sure. But, you know, time goes by and you forget it. Or uh, It was quite a while ago. And, you know, every new year we hear new prophetic utterances as to what the year will hold. Right? gets a little harder when you get to 15. What can you, has anybody heard a... What do you rhyme with 15? What do you add to 15? Everything's going to be keen in 15. Right? It's going to be in between in 15. What? You know. Uh, so, anybody got a word for 15? What? Yet to be seen in 15. That is good. That falls right in line with my message. Thank you, Pastor Nancy. And, um, but let me... Uh, I digress. Uh, it, it was, uh, we were still at the marina site at this period of time. And um, it wasn't a year in prophecy, but it was a vision. And I'm open to those, you understand? And uh, we were praying against uh, uh, the, uh, the spirit of greed. Uh, do you remember the Marcos regime in, uh, in, in the Philippines, in Manila, that area, right? And, and they had gotten busted, and they got all the money. And so we were praying for the people down there and other things, but we were coming against a spirit of greed. So I'm just praying along minding my own business in the spirit, and all of a sudden the Lord showed me this gruesome, drooling down his face, big, ugly guy. The only one I can think of, anybody seen Star Wars? Remember the fat guy in the bar? With a, he looked like a big jellyfish. Who? Jabba the Hutt. Thank you, yes, him. But he was uglier than him, if you can believe that. And he's sitting at this huge timbered ta- table. The timbers were like this thick because of the weight of the money and gold and silver and uh, gems that were on this table. And it just went from one end to the other. And he's just laughing and taking the money and playing with it and just having himself a high old time. And the Lord, and I'm there, whoa, gee whiz. And the Lord says, that's the spirit of greed. Won't let go of it. It was his. He had it. But he says, I am going to do something about it. And I'm there. You know, I'm, I'm just praying. I'm still praying. But I'm seeing this. And I'm hearing him speak to me in my spirit. All of a sudden, a flash of light and this angelic being came in from one side and shot through and went out the other and the table was empty. And the that greedy spirit just started to bawl like a little baby. He, there was no fight in him. There was no regression. There was no... You just crying because everything that he had hoarded up was all of a sudden gone. But guess who got it? Guess who's putting it in the hands of the righteous? So the Lord said at that moment, he says... It's back in my hands, in the spirit. It's back in my hands, and it belongs to my p. 
people. And they need to line up to receive it. And I said, put me, I said it out loud, and I didn't even know until someone, uh, Ralph Frugaletti was there, and he goes, what? And I said, put me first in line. Right? Not as a greedy person, because I knew what he wanted to do with it. He wanted, he said he wants to get it back in the hands of his people. Well, you want to dump a couple million on me? I'll get it back in the hands of your people. I'll make people smile in a heartbeat, right? So, uh, and then we shared that again and again and again and again and again. Well, we got in on it. Because I already know how to move heavenly treasures from heaven to earth. Don't you? It says give and it what? Shall be given unto you. Yeah. There was nothing magic about it. In other words, God wasn't swiping the, taking it, and then now all of a sudden it's going to rain down counterfeit money from heaven because that just doesn't happen. God doesn't counterfeit things, right? And he doesn't work in the lottery system either. I said he doesn't work in the lottery system either. <clears throat> and so, uh, I t- in fact, even that night we made out a, a special offering. And we continued to do it, and God continued to prosper us. Because we got in on it, you understand? We, so, now, here we are, and we're looking at the future, and we're, and we're looking at things. Happen. Did I become a millionaire? No. But I didn't have a need. And I was able to bless other people when they had one. That's prosperity, isn't it? Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I don't have to be a millionaire. I'm not, I'm not limiting him for that. Right? Either should you, right? But you want to position yourself and be trustworthy in taking what God has given you and making sure you put it in the hands of righteous work. So, uh, I, I said all that to, to say this. Question number one. What does the future hold? Question number two. How do you see your future? Exercise. Let's do an exercise. Just close your eyes a moment. Now, I know some of you ladies are going to see the dirty dishes and maybe some other things you need to do. And guys, you got to start thinking about what you got to get your desk at work and whatever else. And you've got to clean your tools. But just try and put that aside. Close your eyes. Let's take a deep, relaxing breath. Yeah, there we go. What do you see? Hmm. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And the next question is, what has painted that picture? What's painted that picture? Fear? Other people? Media? Television? The Word? God? Spirit? What's painted that picture? It's all right if other things paint pictures. I mean, I've got some pictures that I've painted. I've had to paint over my canvas. You know? We do it. You know, there's no one in here is perfect. And... uh, I know that, uh, um, you know, you'll see, uh, uh, it's like that thing, a guy's in his car, and he's thinking to himself, I had it with this car, I need another car, it rattles, yeah, I got a lot of miles on it now, a couple little dings, sun's starting to fade, it tires getting worn, and on the radio comes, Come on down to Joe's. Use quality. Use a previously owned 
uh, certified, rechecked, and double-checked. Carla, we have the one for you. And he starts to describe this car. And he's sitting there going, that's, that's what, there we go. That's what I want. A new picture was being painted. That's, yeah, this thing here, uh-uh, no. And he goes on and on. And it's only got uh, so many thousand miles on it, which was a little more than what he had on his. And it's got pretty nice tires, which are, you know, equal trade. And he keeps going on and on. And then he told him the make and model and year. And it was exactly what he was driving. But because someone else was voicing it, he painted a positive picture of it. He had the same thing, but we'll paint a negative picture of it. Your words, as we said before, right? Dog. They paint pictures in our heart. So the question was, what has painted or who has painted that picture? Another question. Do you like what you see? Do you like what you see. Genesis chapter 3 verses 9 through 11 talks about uh, God coming back in the garden. Adam's there and he goes, where are you? I'm over here. I was there and I, I was naked. And then the Lord said, who told you? <laughs> Where are you? And who told you? And then the last one is, can anything be done to change the picture? Hallelujah. Well, we know from the scriptures that all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. Let's look at, I want to look at two scriptures here tonight to kind of set this up. In Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm sorry about upstairs, I didn't get you guys anything ahead of time. If you can hit them, that's fine. I'm in the New King James, if you want to do that. Um, Hebrews 11, and looking at verse 1. It's important for us to understand, when we're getting ready to change some pictures that are in our heart, that we have to do it by faith. Amen? It's all done by faith. What we believe in our heart and say with our mouth activates faith. And if we stay positive, just the other day, uh, we're driving along and Terry uh, was with me. When I'm alone, I can get away with some things. (laughs) What? I don't get an amen on that one? (laughs) I said, when I'm alone, I can get away with some things. No, you can't. God's there. You know, but Terry was with me at this time and... uh, and so she says, you need to change what you're saying. Now, I'm a faith man. I know how to believe God. I've laid hands on the sick and they've recovered. I believe God for money and he's come my way. I've had, I mean, lots of miracle signs and wonders. Have happened. And then she sitting next to me had the gall to tell me to watch what I'm saying. But if I'm going to be honest with myself and not be in denial, I have to say, you're right. If, if I really want that, then I can continue. But if I don't want that, I need to get out of the negative and get back on the positive. And I was complaining about drive, people driving their cars. You know, They have a right to drive their car any way they want to, I guess. <clears throat> you do. 
Have I ever come up behind you? I hope not. <laughs> I won't slow down in front of you. You don't have to worry about that. I won't be that guy. <laughs> or not leave when the light turns green. <clears throat> so, uh, unless I've fallen asleep. No, that's... <clears throat> so, have you found Hebrews 11? Well, yeah. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is when? Now. Right now. In the now, today, as we breathe, as we live and move, and have our being in Christ, faith is right now. I would like to say we could go back to yesterday and change some things. You know, we can't do that. All we can do about yesterday is forgive, forget, and make amends, you know. Or, 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 we could rejoice in the victory we had. Huh? But that, just in yesterday, you can't drag it too far, right? Because then you're, you're living in the past. Right. You're living in an old, you know, shoebox, so to speak. And we want to move forward in the things of God continually. So, faith is now, and then let's go to Matthew 6. Because when you start talking about what does the future hold, faith won't let us go there, will it? Uh-uh. Faith, faith won't let us go there. And yet the Bible also says some things about the past. Matthew six twenty-five. And it says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And then backing up to verse 33, I love this, kind of seals the whole thing. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that he's talked about will be added unto you. Can't change yesterday. Tomorrow has what it has. There's no point in going there except to register for victory today. You know, you want to go to an event, you register, or you call ahead and get tickets. So let's register and get ourselves ready for a victory tomorrow, right? So here we stand uh, looking at 2015. So I want to spend a few minutes talking about what the Word has to say concerning your future. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the anointing of God that not only rests upon me to deliver your word that you would have me share with your people tonight, Father, but that you, God, are ever present to break bread and feed each and every one here tonight, regardless of the words that I speak. Father, you can take them and change them and turn them because of where people are. You meet them where they're at. And I praise you for that. Now, Lord... Touch every heart here tonight with your presence, with a hope, with a vision, with insight, Father, to help us see what the future is. In Jesus' name, all God's children said, Amen. Amen. So the title of our message tonight is, Your Future 
is in your heart. Your future is in your heart. There we can go. <laughs> Amen. We can't go out and, you know, it talks about planning to go here and make money there and do this and do that and, and tomorrow you, you're out of here, right? But when your future is in your heart, you have it when? Now. now. I have it now. I can't exp- let, let me ask you a question just to satisfy your thinking at this point. How do you know, how do you know you're going to heaven? You've been there? Well, don't, some of you may have, don't they? Uh, no, but it's satisfied in your heart, isn't it? You're, you know, I mean, I couldn't beat it out of you. You know that you know you know. It's in your heart. Heaven's in your heart, right? He's there. He confirms it continually. We're going to find that out. So, it's, we're secured by our heart concerning our, the same thing being our future. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 is going to be our foundation scripture. May come back there a couple of times. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Thank you, Steve. Hallelujah. As it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared out there in it for those who love him what's a qualifier anybody know what the qualifier is we have to love God well that isn't hard Romans 5 5 says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost right how do you love God yeah, just another question uh, how, how do you love God uh, read the word huh he says, if you give one of my little ones a glass of water, you've loved me. Huh? If you do something for someone else, you've done it for me. If you give to someone and give them a coat, you've done it for me. You've loved him. Huh? It's not hard to love God, <laughs> is it? It's not hard to love the lovable, you know? It, it, you, you, it's, it, it's a little more difficult when you get around those that aren't so lovable. And I'm not focusing in on you. you know. This isn't a bad place to park, though. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Loving God is the qualifier. Prepared for those who love him. Well, I've received his son. I've received his provision. I've accepted his word. Amen? That puts me in that category, doesn't it? puts you in that category. Things that have been prepared. Let me quote something that Brother Hagen said about spirituality. Until we become more spirit conscious, we will not be able to understand what God is saying to us in our spirit. 
and spiritual things will be indistinct to us. The more spirit conscious we become, the more real the leading of the Lord will be to us. We need to think of ourselves as spirit beings possessing souls and living in bodies. I've shared this constantly every time I get behind a pulpit. I make sure I do it. Say this with me. I am a spirit. I I have a soul. soul. And I live in a physical body. Tell yourself that every single day until it rings down inside of you that you know that you know you are a spirit being, that you possess, you, you lead, guide, and entertain your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. God made you that way. And that you live in a physical body. That keeps you here on this planet. Amen? Hallelujah. Brother Hagen said something once that just, put me back on my heels and it bugged me. And, uh, and I says, what did you mean? You know, I couldn't, t- I was a student. We were in Bible school. And he said, it, and I, what did you mean when you said that? So every time he would be speaking, I'd ask God, make him tell me what he meant by that. And he wouldn't say it. And then the next meeting, make him tell me what he said, what, what he meant by that. And this is what he said. I've gone along for three months not even knowing I had a body. Does that bother you a little bit? Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to be a spiritual, your spirit being, right? You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a physical body. I just live here. Does that mean he didn't wash it? No. He didn't acknowledge it for what it asks for, what it cries out for. No pain, no sickness, no discomfort. Huh? No extra piece of pie. Yeah. And, and so I said, well, wait a minute now. You went along and, and what is the thing that pulls us away so quick? And then what stirred up in one of the meetings is, he says, if you want to win over sin, you have to put your body under. And I go, ha, that's what, I said, thank you, Lord, immediately, I thanked God. That's what he meant. In other words, and at the time when I thought, you went three months without sinning? I I want to be part of that camp. Huh? Because, you know, I, I had maybe enjoyed a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and then you'd miss it, huh? Some of you look at me kind of funny. You mean you sin every day? (laughs) the further along you go the greater the expectation God has to give you the things he desires to give you God has a will for you did you know that? there's a stronger word than what his will is for you and it is his desire to you he desires in other words, he, in other words uh, as a grandfather, there are certain, I, I, I have, I can, I, I would like to do this for my grandkids. That's my will. My will, my choices. I can, I can bless my grandkids. But my desire for them is to even do more. Huh? 
So it's a stronger word. So uh, here we are now at a crossroads. Are you still at 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Now let's go a little further. So note the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So the spirit of God is searching the spirit, his spirit. Revealing then going on in verse 12, uh, 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man of the man which is in him? Even so, no one, and that was always kind of a downer to me, right? No one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. But we don't have to stop there. Look at verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know. The things that have been freely given to us by God. Then don't forget the next few words in verse 13. These things we also speak. When God shows you something, when God delivers something, when you see something from the word of God, you need to, the only way we take hold of it is to articulate it. It changes it something, doesn't it? When you give voice to it. Thank you, Father. I see in your word that healing is mine. Thank you, Lord. I receive healing for my physical body. Amen. It's mine. I have it now. He told me it was mine. I agreed with him. I accepted it and received it. Now my body just needs to line up. Now sometimes it's instantaneous. You've had those before? Where it just poof happens. You got a headache and it's pounding on your head, or you got a pain in your shoulder, arm, or back, or something, and, and you're dealing with something, and you go, Lord, according to your word, uh, by your stripes, I was healed. If I was, I am. I thank you for it. I receive it. Amen. And immediately, it's gone. Then other times, it seems like you got to just stay with it. Right? I like to use the term, faith sees the answer. S-E-E-S, right? Faith sees the answer. But faith will seize the answer, (laughs) won't it? And not let go, ever. Seize the answer. It's a nice coat. Let's see if it can... It was. Seize it. It was. Faith will seize the answer and not let go. It sees it and seizes it. You got it? (laughs) Sorry, Tom, that hurt you. Yeah. (laughs) Things we speak. See, what you have in abundance in your heart, your mouth is going to let it out. And going back to the... We were in the car and we were going to, and and I'm just, I, I'm having a rough time. And it, Terry says, you know, this is going to continue until you change what you're saying. And the the one word that jumped out at me was continue. I didn't want to go down that road. 
I didn't want to continue that way. I wanted it to end. That's why I was upset. So immediately, uh, the next couple of times, from, from out of nowhere I hear, that's better. She was in the right seat. Another time I say something else, she goes, well, you're getting real good at that. <laughs> and immediately, things changed. I said, immediately, things changed. Do you have that much control of your environment? I have complete control of my environment. Why? Because I, if you see it in here, it belongs to you. Right? Too many of us are looking at God doing something out here for us. Your future is in your heart. If you don't like what you got yesterday, change what you're saying and seeing today or now. I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm almost closing here. Whoa, back up. <laughs> You know, to some extent, well, we can still talk about that, because to some extent, we can use our past as a gauge as to what to expect in the future. Really. Look at what you've got to now, and if you don't like it, guess who has to change? Yeah. Uh, God hasn't moved. God hasn't changed his mind. The word's going to last forever. He's already laid it down. He's made it clear. So guess who needs to change? We're not good. We're not really good at change. We're, we're creatures that res, we call it the RC factor. Resistance to change. I got a message on the RC factor. It's pretty good. But if, if we would just let it go, get out of denial, get into confession and receive. And then Turn around and start going the other way. Leave, let it go. Cut it off. Resist that. And isn't it amazing how we'll resist the one that really loves us to hang on to something, uh, I don't want to use the term stupid, but that's it. Right? And it's holding us back, you know? God has made us righteous. Amen? He's made us perfect and holy in His sight. He looks at us through the filter of Jesus' shed blood. And He sees us perfect and holy. And I'm just going to use this as an illustration. Please forgive me, Pastor Mark. And we'll cling to sin. How does God see me? Perfect and holy in his sight. And we cling to dumb stuff. And in the end, he's going to destroy sin and everything with it. And you hanging on to it. What are you going to look like, you burnt biscuit? Let go of it. <laughs> I burnt some sourdough toast the other day. Even the cat came in the kitchen and was looking at me funny. Cheer, Lord. <laughs> The mind is not visionary. It only gives you what you put into it. But the spirit of man 
has the ability to contact God. Let's go to First Corinthians. Stay in First Corinthians. Go to fourteen. Love these scriptures. <clears throat> Aren't there some scripture? There's some scriptures that we know. We've heard, and in Pastor Mark Sunday used all my scriptures up that I'm sharing with you tonight. I'm just repeating. I'm just saying, telling a different story. But I'm using all the same scriptures. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, he says, He, being you and me, who speaks in a tongue, does not speak to men, but what? But to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries or divine secrets. Hallelujah. Go over to, stay in the same chapter, go over to verses 14 and 15. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Hallelujah. It puts my spirit, praying in other tongues, puts my spirit in contact with the Father of spirits. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We're going to look at three witnesses here that set us up for making plans to complete your dreams. God wants you to make a plan to complete your dream. He'll work in concert with you as you embrace what he's already done for you. But if it's in your heart, it's... See, uh, I had started to say this and backed off. We're going to go to Ephesians 3.20 in a bit. But we'll, we'll go along and we look out here for our future. Right? We look out here for our future. Oh, that's a nice car. Oh, that's a pretty good looking job. I can make more money over there. Oh, that's a nice house. I'll live in this part of the city. I like. Oh, I'll go. Yeah. Oh, I'll, this is a. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, this is good. Yeah, out here. And the whole time, God's in here telling you, don't do, that. don't go there. Don't do that. Don't go. Don't buy that car. Don't go there. Don't shop in that store today. Go tomorrow. It's half off tomorrow. 75% the day after. They'll give it to you on Sunday. Oh, no. Be in church on Sunday. <laughs> 320. Now to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what? At work within us. There's a power at work within you. Philippians 2. In verse 13, for it is God who works where in you both to will and to do for whose pleasure his good pleasure. Hallelujah. What about my pleasure? Well, if you let him do his good pleasure, I'll guarantee you you'll enjoy the trip. It'll be wonderful. Now, I've maybe I'm the only one that's ever done this. But the Lord has had me doing something, and I'm digging my heels in all the way. 
And all I did was wear out a pair of shoes. I went anyway. When, did you ever realize something? When God wants you to go somewhere, you're going to go. Now, if you go a la Yahoo, right? It's an easy, short trip. Huh? And provision is there. It's, you stay healthy. You enjoy the trip. It's, it's enjoyable. But when you got your heels dug in, you take all these detours. You go on this side road, and that, and the bumpy road, and the car, and this and that, and you still end up here, where he wanted you to go, to begin with. It just wasn't fun getting there. Huh? I'd much rather take off the resistors and go, now see, I, I admitted myself that I've done that. And, and, and I, don't, I don't want to say recently, I'm, not recently, but uh, in the past, I've, I've, it's happened two or three different times. I mean, you'd think you'd learn. Huh? Maybe I just don't have enough sense to come in out of the rain. From the looks of most of your faces, you figure, gee, George, you really got a rough go. I always obey. <laughs> Did I ever tell you I'm his favorite? Okay. Did we read 2.13? Yes, we did. Let's go to uh, Hebrews 13. This is great. Isn't the word wonderful? Hebrews 13.20.21, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete... In every good work to do his will, what? Working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. His will, his will, make plans to complete your dream. See, without a plan or a vision, I use the illustration, it's like walking through the desert with one leg shorter than the other. What happens? You're going to go in a circle, right? And that's what happens when one leg is shorter than the other, because when you take a step, you just, you're going to end up going round and round and round and round. I learned that in the Boy Scouts. So we'd always have one guy with the short leg on the left and the other guy with the other. No, no, no. I was, I was, <laughs> You pick something out in the distance. The author and finish of our, our faith. Keep him in your vision and go forward like no one else. Amen? You must decide what you want and go after it or you'll have to illustrate or you'll have to settle for whatever you get. Well, I just won't say I just won't say anything. I'll let God work it out. That doesn't work. You won't get anything. Shotgun, maybe you know how they call shotgun prayers. <laughs> You've got to hit something. That's not always true. I, I was a hunter. We we would go hunting uh, quail, and we would have a covey of maybe. A, I hope there's nobody in here who likes those little tiny birds. 
They're delicious, by the way, wrapped in bacon. Never mind. Um, so a friend of mine, we used to go up in the uh, Calaveras Hills. He had a ranch up there. And he would be high and I'd be lower. We'd switch off. But we would be just walking along with our shotguns. And we'd be herding, so to speak, quail in front of us. And they'd be running in the brush. And you could hear them. Couldn't hardly see most of them. He'd be above, I'd be below. But when you get to the end of the hedge grow, they're going to take off, right? And so my initial thinking was just pull up and go, and just pump three rounds. And you're bound to hit something because there's so many of them. There's like 50 or 60 all going, and they startle you if you don't know what's going to happen, really, because they're quick. And uh, so the first, when I first went up there with him, they came up and I go, boom, 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 like that. And no feathers, no birds. And I hear two shots from him, and he's got three birds. And I go, huh, how did you do that? He says, I got very specific and aimed at them. <laughs> what a novel idea. So you just didn't pull up and go boom, boom, and hope you had a shotgun. You know, a shotgun run has a lot of pallets, you know, and so it's going to to spread pattern. You'd think you'd hit something, but you don't. You have to be specific and get on it, and then you get what you're aiming at. Amen? (laughs) Take advantage of what God has already given you. In other words, this. Don't stop doing the word just because you had a victory or two. Huh? We've got to have food in every message, isn't that true? Well, we already have the quail, which is pretty good. But, so you, you go out to dinner, and you go to this fabulous restaurant, and you eat the finest food. And it's not cheap, but, I mean, the service is just off the chart. And you leave there just going, raving about it. What are you going to do? You're going to go tell everybody about it. Are you going to quit eating now that you've had this wonderful meal? Absolutely not. You're still going to go home and hope she cooks something for you. My wife's a very good cook, though, by the way. No, you're going to continue to eat, not because you, you found this wonderful, exciting place that serves up this great dinner, and it was wonderful, and you'd never experienced anything like that before. No, you're going to keep eating. Well, just because God has done something great for you, at one time you rejoice in that. You're thankful. You praise Him. You, you welcome His presence and everything else. You say, okay, Lord, let's go again. Let's not quit. Let's continue in the Word. Let's keep doing the Word. <coughs> Hallelujah. I've always wanted to be in the smack dab middle of the will of God. I've asked him that. I said, Lord, whatever you're doing, I want to be there. And that's his will. To do his will. Didn't we just read about that? In those three scriptures? He's in there working to do his will. So, Lord, I want to be in the middle of your will. Whatever you're doing, I want to be there. So I'm going to ask you another question. (laughs) Are you on the cutting edge of what God is doing? Are you still fighting battles that he's already won? (laughs) 
Sin is a thief. It robs us of our confidence. It steals us of our joy. It brings regret, condemnation to our thinking. It paints a distorted picture of even who God really is. It doesn't allow you to enter even enter into another fight. Well, I, you know, I, I give up. I, I just must be called to be a dope, a nut, a loser. No. See, who's painting the picture? Are you allowing fear and sin to pull you away and into things that keep you from the greatest pleasures that God has already in store for you? <clears throat> this is a really exciting message. <laughs> Are you on the cutting edge? Or are you still fighting battles he's already won? Yeah. So I want to get somewhere. I want to be. I want to be where God's at. I want to be right in the center of the will of God. I, I want to find that place where it's. He's just. He's right there. I. I want to be smack. Oh. Ha. There you are. I'm in the middle of the will. Still. Even up the hill. Don't even have to take a pill. <laughs> Smack dab in the middle of the will of God. He's in there working it out. Christianity is inside out. <clears throat> the power to put you over out here. This has no pull on you. Heaven has the pull on you. You put this body down, the only thing keeping you from going to heaven is it's still breathing. And if you get sharp enough, you can leave it there breathing and still go to heaven. It'll quit breathing quick enough after you're gone, but... Hallelujah. How do you know so much about that, George? Because I've fought the battles. I fought the wars. And I won. I won. I'm still fighting some battles, but I've got the victory more and more and more and more and more. And I did already tell you I'm his favorite. <laughs> Position yourself so that you can take in as much as possible. Look at me in, uh, I got three minutes, right? Four, five. I want to quit here real soon though, right? Genesis 13. God talking to Abraham. And he says, from where you're at right now, from where you are right now, 
In, for Abraham, it was a logistical thing. For you, it's a spiritual thing, right? From wherever you're at right now, look to the north, south, east, and west, and all that you can see is yours. <laughs> and that was after he let, uh, what's his name, his, his nephew? Lot, have whatever he wanted. And he took the best, or supposedly took the best. But what he didn't have was insight into the blessing of God. <laughs> and then later in, in Genesis 15, verses 4 and 5, he says, But that which comes forth out of thine own bowels is going to be yours. Can we get that? Genesis 15, 4 and 5. I'm not ready to go here. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come out from your own body shall be your heir. Verse 5. Then he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven. This is one of those exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think blessings. Then he tell Abraham, Go and look. Go and look. North, south, east, and west, and all that you can see is yours. I don't know about you, I'm going to start painting some good pictures. Uh, well, I'm not there yet, Pastor George. That's okay. You don't have to be there. You have to be where you are right now. That's all that matters. Because then he said, look toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. So shall your future be. Look. Look. Whatever's painted the other pictures, don't worry about it. Paint some new pictures. Look, look. <coughs> Two more scriptures, and I'll close. Promise. Jeremiah 29, 11 and through 13. For I know the thoughts... <laughs> that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. Huh? And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Key words in here. One that bothered me and one that just excited me. The one that bothered me, it says, I will listen to you. So, anybody can listen. What's the listening, what's the listening business? And then I found 1 John 5.14. Huh? Let's go over there. 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his what? Will. will. He hears us. He hears us. That means he's listening. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have. We ask, we know, and we have. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Jeremiah painted a picture of the future and a hope because God listened. One thing to listen. Here it says, we know that he hears us and he's listening. We have. We know we have. Hallelujah. So we know. He's there. He's in there on the inside working his way out. The blessing of God. Glory to God. Father, thank you. (laughs) That you hear us. And we know that we have what you desired for us, Father. Far, far greater than anything we could ever imagine. Lord, we thank you for this evening, this time we've spent with you. We ask that you bless this time. Multiply it in each and every heart, Father. Let it bloom. Let it come forth and bring back just tremendous testimonies of what you're doing in lives. In Jesus' name. All God's children say it? Amen. Amen. Pastor Tom.